Have you ever wondered about the wild activities that go on at a bar? Well, that wondering ends right now. Welcome to the Open Bar Talk Podcast, where host Jim Search sits down with bartenders near and far to hear the whopping tales that only a drink slinger has. So buckle in, have a cold one, and enjoy it. So this is it. We are doing it. We're rocking it. We're making it happen one more time. It is uh, episode nine of uh, Open Bar Talk podcast, a uh, podcast dedicated to the lives of bartenders and the crazy stories they've got. Uh, if you want to find the show, you can. Uh, you can email us at uh, openbartalk at gmail.com. Uh, you know, hit us up, send us some cool stuff. We'll uh, love to hear back from you. If you want to find this show, you can. It's on all social, or uh, well, not on all social media, um, all platforms. So you have iTunes, you have Stitcher, you have Spotify, you have iHeartRadio. Uh, these are all the places you can find the show. I'm your host, Jim Search. Uh, you can find me, of course, at jimsearchcomedy.com. You can go on all the social media, find me at Jim Search. That's a good front uh, for social media. But you know what? It ain't about me. Like, I've done so many podcasts over the world which have uh, been about me. It's not about me there, you know. What it's about, it's about bartenders that I got uh, to come in to talk. And this episode, I'm very excited to have uh, have this dude on. I mean, I've known him for over a decade, if you yeah. think about it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's safe enough to say. Yeah, I, over a decade now. I was going to say, it's been over a decade. Um, he, uh, he's, he was a uh, bartender at one of my original uh, watering holes. Yes. Uh, and, you know, we've kept in touch ever since. And, you know, he's a wonderful human and an amazing uh, uh, stories. I mean, I've, I've witnessed some of these stories yes actually. yes yes, uh, yes, we, yes we have i wonder you know i was thinking about before uh, before you got on here i was like i wonder if any of these stories uh will involve me <laughs> even though i said it wasn't about me but <laughs> there's a there could be a, i mean look let's just say that there were definitely some moments like yep i could see how he might want to talk about that but anyway uh we are uh, i'm going to introduce him right now uh, i want you to put your hands together out there in the open bar talk world for andreas pasquale everybody Hey, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, doing good. Uh, Glad to be on this new show. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm actually kind of excited. I'm looking forward to talking bar stuff. Uh, Yeah. In this case, stories, war stories, psychological traumas. Oh, yeah. Of the, uh, I don't know. Yeah, man, trust me. Yeah, bartenders could talk. They could pretty much have a story for any situation, whether it be relationships whether it be family drama um, and uh, whatchamacallit. Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, plenty of plenty of different stories for the, uh, I guess, whatever flavor yeah. you were into. Whatever I'm pretty you, sure we got something for you. Whatever slice of, whatever slice of the pie you want, uh, yeah. we got it, right? Oh, yeah. So, well, all right. Well, you know what? Let's start... Um, uh, let's start with, let's start at the beginning, right? How did you get into the game? How did you get into bartending originally? Now, what's really funny about that is, um, it was actually something that I myself wasn't interested in or hadn't really thought about. Um, it was like by happenstance and it just so happened that a really good friend of mine, um, decided to, uh, attend bartending school. Mm. And for some, I don't know how or like where my mind or I don't know where my mind was at at that time because, uh, like, at that point, I think, like, the only customer service work I had been doing was, like, retail. Okay. Um, and, like, he just mentioned something along the lines of, like, oh, yeah, I went to bartending school, paid this amount. Like, I, you know, I learned all these things and stuff. And, like, now I'm working at this restaurant and the Lower East Side and stuff. 
Um, and I actually don't even know where the fuck he was working at, at the time. But like, I just remember he was like, yeah, like it was like it was kind of crazy, and like I've been doing all these things or whatever. And um, and I just remember like him talking about. It. I was like, oh, you know, that sounds like a pretty fun job or whatever. Um, and I I forgot how. I think at that point I was transitioning out of retail and I was actually thinking about like, oh, you know what? There's this neighborhood or there's this restaurant in my neighborhood that seems really cool. Let me apply to go work there. And it was like there's a at the time it was this Japanese comfort food spot. So this was the first time that I got exposed to Japanese food that was not sushi. Um, And it was a very eccentric like uh, staff as in like everyone was Japanese, like literally from Japan, uh, spoke pretty, pretty good English. Um, but most of their clientele were like the first wave of hipsters that the first okay. wave of gentrification that hit Williamsburg at the time. Um, but everyone was like cool as shit. And like, I just remember, so I started working there and I remember one of the cooks that I, oh, uh, one of the cooks that I actually worked with, I remember I mentioned to him in passing about like, oh yeah, you know, like, uh, about bartending school and like my friend, whatever. He was like, oh yeah, like bartending school. Yeah, man. If I was you, I wouldn't do that. Like. I think the easiest way to get into bartending is just be a bar back and like, actually just learn like that way. Like, you know, you make yeah. just as much money and like you learn about stuff like so much easier than bartending school. And so I remember like just having that simple conversation. I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe I should do that. And so like at that point, like, you know, I think like a year or two passed and like um, I decided I was like, you know what? Let me try this bar backing thing. It doesn't seem that, that difficult to do. Um, and of course, I'm not looking to spend money out of bartending school so i'm like you know let me just do like hands-on training or whatever right um and yeah and then like seamlessly it just kind of went from doing like server stuff at this place to working as a bar back in this at this bar in brooklyn which i I will say even though i was not a bar back prior to that i felt like when i left that place and i was only there for like four months i feel like i worked there for 10 years like it was actually (laughs) it, it was it was mostly bad Good in the sense that, and this has always been, an, I guess, a, a, a recurring theme you'll see, I guess, in my career has been everyone that I've worked with has been amazing. Like, I cannot think maybe of, like, one or two people that I would honestly say I would be okay if I don't see them ever again in my life. Um, but everyone else from, like, just coworkers and some managers, like, never had an issue with. Everyone has been super amazing, different right. backgrounds, you know, different stories, how they came to New York being from new york and whatnot um but this place i remember when i was working there it was everyone was amazing the owners were weird weird in the sense that they were married because the uh the husband knocked up the wife but not because they loved each other it was like a one-night stand that eventually turned into a forced marriage okay she had actually run a couple bars in the area previous so she had more experience in that he i believe was a real estate lawyer that had no experience running a fucking bar, but he was in charge of day-to-day operations, which was, oh, man, it was a nightmare because he did not know and anything whatsoever. As we've seen with uh, Bar Rescue, uh, <laughs> there's uh, usually some folks who just get into the bar business and have no business being there whatsoever. I, I think, if anything, I probably lived, uh, at least when I worked there, uh, an episode of bar rescue like it was everything you could think of like he would be he would micromanage the worst parts of the of the bar as in like things that were not relevant to service he was so focused on that and was like so weird about that but then when it came to like 
either ordering stuff that we actually needed or making sure that the staff was um, like payroll. <laughs> no payroll. I, well, payroll was oh, money was never an issue, but it was more about like in terms of either when we had issues with customers, he would always take the customer side, even though they were being oh, garbage that's the people. Worst. Jesus. Um, and when it came to, and I remember the one thing that they were very stickler about was um, because they, again, it was all about uh, saving money. It was right. every can and bottle that we went through, we had to save it, put it back in its original packaging so that when the beer companies would come, they would actually get the deposit back. No way. On, on every that's in, single that's thing. That's insane. Now, the that's thing is. fucking insane. You would think, okay, a neighborhood bar that, again, you know, if you have like a steady flow of customers, that is actually relatively easy to do. If you set that system in place from the jump, it's actually not hard to do. But here's the thing. When you go into cahoots with a uh i guess like a party promoter who has like monster parties every weekend where people are going to drink like crazy amounts of alcohol then the sorting of the it's not possible because right. the thing is it's way too much garbage that you're going to uh, uh he's got he's got his garbage pick yeah and i remember there was one night i remember after one of those parties i was literally there until 6 30 in the morning literally sorting through fucking cans and bottles to put them into the stupid boxes so, so that they what, would actually So what happens it. if they get crushed? Like if someone just crushes up a can? No, technically it's not good because the, the, the thing is that most uh, – I don't know if this is if something uh, something that most people know. But uh, most beer distributors, and in this case because we're in New York, it's uh, Manhattan and Union are the biggest ones. They actually – it has to be – it, it has to be – uh, not destroyed, so the can has to be intact, and well, the bottles have to be intact because they themselves, when they go to um, get it processed, it's okay. We know that this is not something you just picked off the street. It was from the customer that you got it from. Like they have a w- really weird policy where it has to be. Well, that's intact. what I'm saying. Yeah. Like if you're sorting through these fucking broken bottles, like oh no no no, it wasn't broken. It had to be. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so yeah. if they were crushed or they were fucked up, you just threw them out. Threw them out. But the got thing it. is that the owner would be pissed because to him that was another five cents that he lost yo that is that is not that is not where the focus of money is like it's not in the five cents you made it's in the profit margin of the beer that you're selling yes actually running the yeah and the thing is again he's focused on that rather than oh hey by the way this promoter that you um worked with was charging a cover at the door and gave you no cut of that from so like they were making all the money like the bar was making money through the drinks obviously the beer, that they sold, right. but then again it was like the way that the bar was set up it wasn't meant to do high volume so like they I remember they only had one soda gun and it was at the end of the bar so everyone had to crowd around this one soda gun that's horrible um then it would be like the beer the beer refrigerators that were behind the bar would open up. Uh, wouldn't be sliding ones. It would be like the ones that you have to open up. So you're so, losing real estate behind the bar. Yes, because then when it's super crowded back there, it's, you know, and especially when you're trying to, like, uh, restock, you're blocking the bartender from taking, right. like, it was, the way the bar was set up was just a clusterfuck to, from the jump. It used to be and an auto, it used to be an auto garage, if that gives you an idea of I what the space was. So then you moved into bartending after this? Uh, Not right away, because... From that point, I don't know how. Again, it's like through friends. Um, I know, actually, through the people that I worked with there, because they had worked in the city before, and their whole thing was, "Oh, you know, you can make money here in Brooklyn, but if you want to make real money, you have to work in the city." And so it was kind of like it was weird. It was kind of like uh, um, going through. Okay, I've finished college. Now let me go to graduate school and let me get another degree. But this this time, I'm going to learn how the big boys play in the right. city. You know, you see the big dogs exactly. So then I remember. 
right i i already knew like th- like a month into this place i'm like all right i need to get the hell out of here but i need more experience because i can't just go somewhere and say oh i've worked at this place first of all my first bar job for only a month please hire me now so i was like the long game was let me get enough experience let me get an idea of how things work um enough so that if i interview anywhere else they know what I'm talking about, and I can just slide right in versus, like, somebody who literally just walked off the street and doesn't know how to do anything, you know? Right. And so that's where – so by the end of this tenure at this place in Brooklyn, I ended up applying. I remember I did an open call for this bar, um, this new bar that opened up uh, near Union Square. And so I remember when I when I came into the open call, it was, like, a crazy long line. I was like, damn, everyone is applying for the same thing? But then I – came to realize that a majority of the people who were there were applying to be bartenders. No one was really applying to be a bar back. I think I was like one of one of one. <laughs> like I think everyone else and like everyone else was like pretty much like model-esque, like really sure. beautiful people. Bring their headshots in and shit. all that stuff. And they were applying for that. And I was like, oh man, like I, I think I got this. Like I think I'm the only bar person who's applying for a bar back position. So I think I should be fine. Like I don't, I don't have anything to worry about. There's no competition. Exactly. And so I remember, um, when I sat down for the interview, they asked me, like, oh, so what are you applying for? And I was like, oh, barback. They're like – and they kind of confirmed what I was thinking. They're like, oh, man, you're, like, the first person who's actually applying for this barbacking position. I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. And you're so they hired. just gave me – they just asked me a couple of simple questions, which was, like, you know, where are you working at now? What have you done? Like, what is your typical, you know, either opening or closing procedures and stuff? And then I, I think for me, at least in my opinion, the thing that put me over the top was, oh, yeah, you know, I've done work – with like different um, like uh, party promotions, like we've had really huge parties like on the weekends, and I've been able to work those sure. and stuff, and like you know do pretty well um, and handle high volume. So to me, like dealing with the crowd is not much of an issue. So like as soon as I said that, like they were like, "Oh, good!" Like this person seems like they would hand like they're not scared to be like getting in the middle of stuff. So like, all right, cool. So they gave me like a date. Or they were like, oh, you know what? I think we're going to hire you. Um, we're going to call you to come in for this day on training, and it's going to be paid. Which I was like, oh, paid training? That's, paid training? Wow, that's a lot better than Brooklyn because Brooklyn, when I trained, I didn't get paid to yeah. do it at all. So I was like, oh, okay, paid training. And, you know, they kind of gave me an idea of what this place was going to be like. And then, yeah, and then that's where the fairy tale began in the city for me. So, And then you move from that. Is that when you move from uh, bar back to bartending? Like yes. Within bec- the bar? Yeah, within that same bar, actually, because I was there for about – or I was bar backing there for about a year. Yeah, I would say about a year. Year, year and change. And I remember because the person who used to bartend on Sundays, um, really good friend of mine, unfortunately, um, just would get so fucked up on Saturdays that, like, he did not want to be there on Sunday. He's like, oh, geez. Like, I, but they needed a body just to kind of keep the lights on. Hey. And so I was working with him on Sundays, and it got to the point where eventually, like, he would be passed out on the couch, and I would be actually bartending behind the bar. <laughs> and then he would just tell me, like, yo, like, if, uh, you know, if the owner comes in or somebody, like, you know, just come and wake me up. But, like, other than that, like, any other questions, like, I'm here, but really, don't bother me. Just take care of everything. I was like, all right, cool. So I just, like, took it as an opportunity of, like, you know That's what? That's a great... Hey, look. Let me learn. What? I'm, you know, I got the keys to the car. Let's take it out for a spin, you know? I mean, you know, look, I think that's such a great entryway. I would think that's such a great entryway into actually bartending in that, you know, this is sink or swim. Yeah. And that, you know, you're going to figure it out. And then you could put that on a resume. I'm like, yeah, I, well, I did bartend. Like, yeah, yeah, no. I legitimately was bartending that yeah. time, right? And, in the, and I think, and this is the one thing, the piece of advice I give to everybody. And, and a perfect example, someone asked me this literally last week. 
which was like, what do you like? How did you get into bartending? Or what do you do to get in? And I tell them two things you need to know. First and foremost is patience. If you don't have patience, don't even bother because it's I'm telling you right now. And I learned this literally through bar backing, bartending and just service industry in general. People are so picky and so particular about what they eat and what they drink that you will see the worst in humanity in terms of getting a order correct or getting what they want. And if you don't have the patience to not only put up with someone's aggressive behavior sometimes or just like really quirky behavior, if you don't have the patience for that where you can keep a smile on your face despite them yelling at you and like freaking, you know, freaking out on you. If you can't keep a smile on your face and just keep, you know, keep your composure and actually work through situations, you're not going to survive. You're going to be there at most maybe a week. You're going to maybe make some money or make no money at all because the thing is, at the end of the day, most places are looking for people with experience. And it's people with experience who know what they're doing. If you have no experience with patience, you're not going to survive right off the jump. So that would uh, kind of lead me into a great segue is, uh, do you have any stories about that? Uh, I mean, let me see, because because uh, I was thinking about doing like a pass. Well, not I can't do a future one because I don't know what the heck is going to happen like next week or whatever. But I mean, I could definitely do the one I can think of, and this is it's going to involve you. Great. Um, is <laughs> I don't know, and the thing is, like, I remember some details, but you have to fill me in on the other if, on the others if you okay uh, if you remember. So it was. The day before Thanksgiving, I think this was, I'm trying to think if it was like 2000, might have been 2008, 2009. Okay. Um, Because I remember I just started work. So the place that Jim and I know each other from is actually from Revival. RIP is not there anymore. Um, Good times, but uh, screw the owners. Yeah. Um, So the thing is, uh, and I remember it was Thanksgiving night. I think I was covering for somebody. And it was actually pretty cool. Like it was, you know, the day before Thanksgiving. So I, I didn't know I didn't know what to expect, but it was like a good turnout or whatever. And so and Jim, you know this because there there was or there is a high school, I think, about two blocks down from where this place used to be. Yep. And a majority of the teachers as well as the custodial staff, basically everyone who worked there would go to revival, complain about their kid, complain about the kids that they were teaching, about the job they were doing, drink themselves stupid, do obnoxious things and then just go right off into the sunset you know friday afternoons or friday nights and stuff i have no idea what you're talking about okay but we're we're, we're getting (laughs) there so the thing is i remember there was this one guy i think he was a janitor and i believe he was on i think uh he had uh he was on comp uh uh, workers Workers comp yeah he was on workers comp um i think at that time it maybe had just kicked in or he was i don't know what it was but he had a girlfriend Mm -hmm. and i remember because when they came in, cool, you know, whatever, not not an issue. But the drink that they ordered, right off the bat, told me something was going to happen tonight, and it was a Long Island iced tea with a sugar rim on it. What? Yes, <laughs> they ordered two. I think it was two double double Long Island iced teas with sugar rim on both of those drinks. Which we can both, I think, as we're sitting here, just call that drink a red flag. Yes. Right? That, the name of the drink is red flag. Yes. And for those who don't know, obviously, a Long Island iced tea is basically vodka, gin, rum, tequila, um, sour mix, and then a splash of Coke, which gives it that iced tea looking, I guess, uh, color on it. Sure. Um, but it has all the booze in the world, quote unquote. And so people automatically assume that when you drink a Long Island iced tea is because you're trying to get fucked up as fast as you can, as cheaply as you can. 
because um, you have no time to waste. But they're like not cheap though. Long Island. They're juice. usually not because most because you have all the liquor. In you them. have all the liquor, and most places have figured out that if you're dumb enough to order that, then we're going to charge you as much as we can because we're going to make money off of you. This is not going to be a cheap option, but yeah, no. we're going to make the most money out of you. So, so, this, so they order a Long Island uh, double Long Island iced teas with a sugar rim on it, which I was like, huh. I've never had that one before, but sure, why not? And so I remember uh, made it for them, you know, whatever. And after, like, the fourth round or fifth round of drinking those and drinking them pretty quickly, I remember the woman was, like, hysterically, like, I don't know. I think she was, like, talking, like, out of her butt. And I just remember she kept asking me, you you never guess how old I am. Uh-huh. You never guess how old you know, I am. I remember this. You and the thing is, guess. again, my job isn't my job is to ask about age. Obviously, if I think you're under the age of 21, but if and in this case, they were an older couple. I would say post mid 40s, uh, you know, late m- mid to late 40s or whatever. Well, so they boys, were well, they were a lot older than me. If I can homeboys tell you that. got uh, homeboys got workers comp. You're over 21. Yeah, definitely over 21, and yeah. they were o- definitely older. Twice as over uh, 21. And so, of course, I have no reason to ask them for their age, particularly the woman. But she kept insisting that I guess her age. And I, all right, fine. I don't know. You're such and such where she's like, no, I'm actually this amount, whatever. And, you know, uh, I think then she kept referring to the fact that she lived on First Avenue, which I was like, okay. She's like, I live on 24th Street and First Avenue, you know. And you never guess how old I am. I'm like, again, innocuous Still facts not. that I honestly did not ask for, nor did I care that she lived on First Avenue or how old she these was. Are two, these are two very conflicting things. And so my thinking when that happened was I remember I was like, because I remember it was you were there. And, of course, a, a couple of our other friends were there, too. And so yeah. I remember thinking to myself, thank God Search is here because if I – would try to describe this story to him, he would think I would be making it up. That this, <laughs> that this woman is literally harassing me to, to ask her her age or to guess how old she was and to tell me that she lived on First Avenue over and over and over again. Like, incessantly. I, she kept asking over and over and over again. And if I remember correctly, because we kept hearing, yes, now I remember, because she, she kept saying, like, First Avenue and 24th Street. Yeah, yeah. I would say something periodically so she'd hear it just to fucking feed her meter and yeah. be like, man, has anybody ever been over to First Avenue? <laughs> Is there anything happening over there? I wonder what I wonder what life is like on First Avenue. Does anybody know anything about that? But yes, so we were being the fucking peanut gallery of yeah. this nightmare. And I just kept looking at over at everybody, and everybody's looking at me like, "Dude, are you? Is this actually happening?" And so the kicker to the whole thing was she the the final question that she asked me is, "Guess whose birthday I share?" And I'm like, oh, yeah. "Uh, okay, I, whose birthday do you share?" Fidel Castro. What? Like, out of everybody you can think of, celebrity, non-celebrity, whatever, the one person you decide to associate your birthday with is Fidel Castro, Fidel, former dictator of the, Cuba. The dick, the guy who ran the, the communist state Jesus. a little bit south of us. Yeah, and I was just like, wow, if this is what Thanksgiving night, the day before Thanksgiving is like, I don't know if I want to work another one of these uh, again, like... It was just insane, but again, memorable. Uh, wherever and, she is, I hope she's doing well. And if I remember correctly, um, she uh, uh, she pulled out her ID. Yes, and it was not in fact her ID because it was 
it was like a social security. It was like a, oh God, it was like, I don't know if it was, I don't remember if it was a social security card, but it was definitely something that you were like, and you made it very audible. It was like, oh, yeah. ma'am, this is not your driver's license. This is a benefit card. Oh yeah. That's what, no. Cause I think she gave me her insurance card, which yes. actually had her birthday on there, but no picture. And I'm like, yeah, but this is not, this is not a valid form of identification. Like it just tells me that this is the insurance you have. This is, you did. Yes. I do remember that you were like, ma'am, this is your insurance card. This is not a picture ID. And we're all just like, this woman is a fucking monster <laughs> and she needs to leave quick fast and in a hurry oh, man. but very patient very patient yes. so now um let me ask you uh you know as we maybe uh switch gears here uh have you ever uh do you have any stories of uh, uh tinder dates gone awry do you have any first date nightmares um all right now first date nightmares uh, tinder especially well uh, I was gonna, actually tinder probably wouldn't well, no, because you know what it was at the time, specifically when I when I worked at Revival, it was a lot of um, OKCupid. OKCupid ah. was big at the – so this is obviously okay. before the swipe right, swipe left. But definitely OKCupid, Plenty of Fish, a lot of those like dating websites was really big. And I remember there was this one guy um, – and I'm just going to go through like various ones. Cause, so the one shift that I've worked at or I've worked on at all the places that I work at, even the place I'm currently working at now, is Sunday nights. Sunday nights have – at least in my opinion, are notoriously known for first dates. That's when most people, because again, if you think about it, you're not going to do a first date on a Friday or Saturday night because you either want to hang out with your friends. Sure. You want to uh, have a one-night stand. One-night stand, dude or girl, or whatever it is that you're into. Um, and if you're going to start off the week right, you're going to go ahead and do something on uh, on Sunday. So most first dates that I've seen have always happened on a Sunday night. And it tends to, you know, again, it's not as crowded. If you do want to get to know the person, that is the best day in which you can actually have a yeah, conversation. It's low volume, right? Yeah, and it's like it can be sexy if you you know uh, if you want it to be. So Sunday nights have notor- at least notoriously been known for first dates. Um, so I remember at Revival, there was this one guy who would every week would always bring in a different girl, and this guy was I'm going to say early 40s, and the girls that he would always bring in were young as heck, <laughs> young as in like not like pervy young, but they were definitely like 21. 22 like really really young and he's kind of an or was an ugly dude because i don't even know what what his situation was but like and the girls were really hot but for some reason every week he would get another girl and it's like okay cool interesting but the best story i can give you that has to has something to do with a first date maybe and i don't know if you i don't know if you were there for this and if you weren't i'm gonna tell you this right oh, now. oh well i if i wasn't so we're gonna this, find out if i was there. so i think this was a friday it might have been a friday night or saturday night, i don't remember um, but I remember one, and one of the dudes in which it involved with was like a semi-regular and semi-regular means someone that I recognize by face, but I don't recognize, I don't know their name. Sure. And so I remember he came in with a girl and the, the reason why this stood out to me the most was because she insisted on paying, which is very, not very rare now, but I, at the time it was rare because every time again with first dates or just anytime, you know, guys and girls are out. The guy is always insisting on paying, taking care of everything. And the girls sure. let them. Like, it's not a big deal. But this was the first time I remember where the girl was like, no, no, I got this. And she, like, threw down the card and was like, whatever he orders, I got it. I was like, okay, cool. Shit. You know, I'm, I'm all down for that. That's fine with me. And so I remember they're hanging out. And all of a sudden, and at the time, you know, we had, secu- well, we had security there. So uh, Miles was at the door. And so from where I'm, where I'm standing, I could look over to the front door and I can see our security guard. And I remember seeing a bit of a commotion. 
didn't think much of it because I'm like, you know, usually from where from where security is standing, you know, sometimes he's talking to either the bar back or talking to some of our regulars, like right by the door. Like that tended tend to be a meeting spot where a lot of people used to hang out. Sure. And all of a sudden, a bit of a commotion, looked over, glanced, didn't see anything, whatever. And then all of a sudden, I see this guy come down and he goes up to the couple. And the first words out of his mouth is, to the girl, I thought you were going to be hanging out with your sister tonight. Who the <laughs> hell is this? <laughs> and so I was like, what? Womp, womp, womp. And then, so then they kind of sort of argue. He's like, you told me you were going to hang out with your sister tonight. Why are you, do- what are you doing here? Like, why are you, with- who are you? Like, and so she, and so the semi-regular was the. Was the date. Was the date. Okay, got Of it. the girl. Of the and, girl. And, and so, then the girl's and so, boyfriend came. Okay, Well, no, it. no, no. It's, it, <laughs> you would think well, it's the boyfriend. Okay. Now, here's the thing. So it turns out, so they start talking, whatever. And, they, and it gets to the point, not that it's like they're yelling at each other, but they're definitely having a heated discussion. And so our security guard comes over and he like says, okay, everyone got to stop right now. And he's like, listen, I know this is your wife and... She's Whoa. out here doing, you know, she's, she's in here right now, and you're not happy about that. But here's the thing. You guys can't do that here. You got to work on your relationship. We're going to have to go home and do that, okay? Because I told you that you can talk to her or whatever, but you had to keep it at a minimum volume. But because now you're starting to get a little agitated, yeah. I think you guys need to have some words with each other. But it can't be here. It has to be at home. Go take care of your relationship, okay? Go take care of your relationship. And so, obviously, we're all looking around like, oh, shit. This woman is married, apparently on a date with someone else, stepped out on her husband. The husband found out and tracked her down and is now confronting her at the bar. Oh, my God. And so then, of course, they leave. The semi-regular stays there. And I remember, like, kind of looking at him like, dude, what the hell was that about? Nonverbal communication. Sure. And so he, like, finished his drink. All right. See you later. And then he just, like, walked out. <laughs> he didn't say anything. He didn't say anything. They even pretty much denied that anything had just occurred. That, oh, my That he God. just got con- – Well, and the thing is, I will give credit to the guy. He did not necessarily go after the dude and say, oh, what are you doing? He directly went to his wife and was like, no, you're f- messing up right now. Why are you here? And you're – why did you have to lie to me right now? Well, you got to – I feel like in that sort of situation, right? Yeah. Upon initial discovery, right, you know, you kind of have to give benefit of the doubt. And if you're, like, rationally fighting, like, going to fight this fight. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. To your wife or to your girlfriend or whatever, be like, you're fucking cheating on me. Right? Yeah. It doesn't matter who yeah. this is because you're doing it. Yeah. Like, this dude very mo- may, may not know at all. Exactly. Now, if I find out he does know... Now that's a different problem. Yeah, right? or, or if it happens to be someone that you do know that she stepped out on you with someone that you oh, know, then, then that's all bets are off. Yeah, like if then that's, it's everybody goes. Yeah, every it's yeah. Everyone's then it's out the blind fire. Everybody, everyone, everybody gets hit. <laughs> everybody's everybody's exactly. Slug. But fuck and that. And so I remember I, I so, so the yeah. semi regular came back. I think like uh, a couple days later, a week later, with another girl, and then I, again, and I will say all the bartenders in the world can relate. We're kind of like priests. Sure. We hear a lot of things, but we don't discuss anything unless we have obviously trust you or like sure. we know you like that and we'll we'll yeah. give you our opinion. I've been there. But in this case, with that guy, I pretended like I had never seen him before. Hey, what's going on, guys? What can I get for like 
literally like we started a new whatever happened a couple like the last week with the married woman it never happened in this in this relationship so it's oh fine oh my god that's crazy insane and i mean and, yeah and what's nice. crazy is what's crazy to me all right well i have a couple like and again these are just kind of like questions of the scenario yeah, who yeah. knows the answer is like how this guy necessarily tracked her down right and we're talking about uh this was before, like, I guess even, like, the Search My iPhone maybe had that feature Find on my there. phone. Yeah, it right. was, like, before. It, again, it was, like, early, like, uh, it was, like, 2000, 2007, 2008, maybe no later than 2009. And mind you, we're talking about, like, 10 years ago now. Oh. Tracking people at that point was not as easy as it is now, so. I mean, like. And no social it, media either. Yeah, so. no social media. I mean, sure, the, you know, the show Cheaters exist, and then you have a private eye, right? <laughs> Only situation I can see is this guy had a private eye and was fucking trailing his wife, right? But in, the, in that case, whatever. So maybe yeah. that could be. But then the other, I guess, situation that I'm just like, how does, like, is the semi-regular said nothing. No. Like, and then just was like, well. It happened again, and then just left. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't blame him because in this, in the weird sense, it's I not, it's like uh, if you don't bring attention to it, then people can ignore it. And, yeah. and it's New York, so it's like to be honest, like unless it actually affects you personally, you don't give a shit. You're like, whatever, man. Like, all right, you like to, you yeah. know, hang out with married women. That's do you. But as long as you're not messing up my day right now, it's all good. Like, I don't and care. I guess, and I guess you know, if he's like, you know, if he was. Or, like, maybe knowingly was a side dude. Yeah. So be it, right? Or maybe he was just as surprised as everyone else. Like, oh, I didn't realize that she was married. She didn't tell me that. I didn't know I was a side dude. But again, he's like, well, I don't care because I'm not married to her. So it's all good. (laughs) And I can just walk away. That's fucking crazy, man. Oh, man. That's a, that, no, I was not there for that. Okay. I I can say that. Yeah, Um, that that was a, that was a doozy. Doozy of a, of a night, too. Now, uh, well, let me ask you, uh, you know, that was a, a uh, uh, potential fight. Yes. Right? Tell us about full-on fights. Have you? It could be couple fights. Could be bar fights. Yeah. Could be... Um. Because uh, all right. So I, the ones I can think of, and again, I'll go through a couple. Sure. Um. The first bar job in the city, I remember. Uh, there was two two fights. I remember being a not necessarily being a part of, or wit- but more witnessing. And this was. I remember the first year that we were open. Because I remember at the time, uh, the one thing that we used to do on the weekends, we used to do bottle service. Um, and so when we first opened, we had glass carafes for bottle service. And so I remember after, there was like one altercation that happened on the weekend where um, I have no idea how it even started or whatever. But specifically, I remember that this table in which, because um, there was a bunch of girls who had just, oh, this was, yeah, this was like definitely May or June of like right before, right before the, the summer um, because they had just graduated. I think one of them had just graduated from NYU, maybe the like dental school or something. And so they were actually celebrating the girl's graduation. And so fight happens, whatever. And one of the dudes ended up grabbing a glass carafe and threw it right above the table where these girls were sitting at. <laughs> so that obviously, you know, when force, when something Yo. as delicate as glass hits something as strong as a wall, it will shatter into a million pieces. And so it, it literally exploded right above them. And, like, just glass rained all over these girls to the point that I think one of them, you know, got not, like, seriously cut, but definitely was bleeding. And I remember they, like, they were screaming high hell, like, oh, my God. But And, of course, like, a whole shuffle of people, like, you know, moving around and, like, wrestling and all this other stuff. But specifically how that fight popped off, I have no idea. But I remember there was one, 
uh, and it was at the same place. It was a couple years after. It was um, there was like some again stupid fight. I think like some guy was like drunkenly like at, you know harassing a girl and stuff. And so I guess like either her boyfriend or somebody that she knew that she was with that night got super pissed. And I remember I saw the whole thing unfold in slow motion where I saw the guy cock back his <gasps> fist. And just straight drill the dude right in. He just jaw jacked him hard. And I was like, wow, I've never seen that before. <laughs> wow. I was standing behind the bar and I just watched this whole thing just happen where he just cocked his, his hand back, punched him right in the face. Of course, a little scuffle, whatever. And then, like, you know, security took them out and stuff. But again, I think it was like some stupid thing with like a girl, like the guy, like the guy was drunkenly harassing the girl. And like the other dude just, was. without without question, just like jaw jacked him out of nowhere. Um, and I think what was another so it was like th- that stuff, um, and then like most of the I guess like fights that I've seen I guess in my career so far it's mostly been New Year's definitely is one of the nights where everything amateur goes. night amateur night to to the tenth degree where literally heartbreaks, uh, hookups, and everything you can think of will happen on that night. So people will get so drunk that they either will break up, they'll make up. Uh, or go you know, home, whatever, um, or just sleep with someone that they've never seen before in their life. Um, and I, I've seen fights where like security's gotten their balls kicked in by girls because they're like oh, trying shit. to like wiggle out and like, ah, man, no, this and that. Sure, sure. Um, but uh, I'm trying to think of what. Um, let me see. Yeah, no. So like, those are the two that I remember. Like, oh shit, like pretty oh. serious. But then like the other one. Most recent one at the place that I work at now, I remember... Because you, uh, just quick note, I remember you said that you had a couple stories, like, because we were t- trying to get you on uh, a while back. You're like, I have a story. Oh, yeah. Well, that one doesn't involve a fight, but I will but, get to yeah, that I was gonna say, for we, sure. After this one, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. get So the that. thing is, uh, so there was one brunch shift that I worked, and unfortunately... <laughs> brunch? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Trust me. You think they don't, Love but it. they will. Love it. Um, and so Love the thing is, I will it. say, um, two things that people are not good at. Drinking tequila and drinking champagne. And champagne is definitely one of those where it's like after, you know, your first five, everything is, you know, it's... uh, Blurry and messy. Up for grabs. And so I remember specifically I was working the shift and this dude, I don't know. And again, I don't know what most people do on their own time, but sometimes I feel like people like to mess around with medication and then like to drink because they think, oh, I just want to feel this like nice little buzz going. And it's like, yeah... You but don't. You don't have any control over that. You have Your no body. control over that, and it's okay if you do it at home. But when you're out in public, it's a totally different story. But I just remember this guy specifically was like, and again, I had served him, but I had not served him enough to be as far gone as he was. And I remember that he kept insisting that someone had beat him up in the bathroom, and he and I was like, okay, can you describe this person? Because obviously, and there was no like marks on his face or anything. Uh, like the thing is, the guy was red, but it's also like sometimes when people drink, they also get red, so it's hard to tell. Like, flush. He, yeah, so you, it was hard to tell at that time if he had been assaulted or not. But again, any um, accusation of assault, we you know, obviously at a place that you that you work at, you want to take that very seriously. And so I asked him, and I asked his friends who were with him. I'm like, hey, if you can describe this person to me right now, like we will ask security to go ahead and remove this person because obviously this is not cool. Like we want to make sure that you guys are safe. Right. And he kept describing someone that was actually not even there. And he kept <laughs> insisting, like, oh, this person has a red plaid shirt, red plaid shirt. And I looked around. Mind you, red plaid shirt, especially in a room where most people are wearing either white tees or dark colors or just something, you know, very monotone, will stand out because colors, uh, red is a very co- is a color that will stand so out. It pops. 
And in this case, because the place that I work at, you have a very open view of everybody. No one matched that description. Not even the shirt and even the height and everything that they were describing. Because then they said he was short. Then he said he was tall. Then he said he was uh, fat. And it was like, okay, you need do to you give just me... just want me to talk to you? Is yeah, it's just is? like, you got to give me an actual description and not just of a person that you assume you are. I don't... I have no idea. <laughs> um, so he kept... And I was like, okay, I think you just had a little too much. It's time to drink some water. Like, take it easy. It's time to whatever. And then as I'm talking to him, all of a sudden he got this look in his eye and he just ran over, like full fledged <laughs> runs over to another table and punched the dude in the face. <laughs> and it's just like, dude. So I went over and I physically had to, and then eventually security helped me out. I put this guy in a full Nelson and I had to literally pull him off this guy. Oh my God. Because it was just like, dude, what? Like you are done you need to get the fuck out of here you just punched literally you a random psycho per- yeah you just punched a random person who and the the sad part about it is that uh, i found out that the person um was actually gay and was there with a couple friends and so they thought that they were being assaulted because they sure. were gay yeah, yeah and it was just like no 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 this guy was drunk and i was actually talking to him because he said that he had been assaulted in the bathroom and he comes over and punches you obviously we don't condone that shit like you know whatever uh, that sucks and it was just and of course being super apologetic like we ended up comping the the table um in which the person got punched and stuff and like obviously apologized profusely cuz it's like listen this doesn't happen on a normal day this guy just seems like he's whacked out of his mind and literally punched you for no reason so Oof. whatever but at a brunch too, like yeah. one in the afternoon, you're yeah. out here swinging on people. Oh my god! You gotta, like, you gotta ask yourself some questions. Yeah, man. you should only really be punching people after eight p.m. Yeah, you know fair enough. I mean? Like if the sun I is out, you, yeah, take, take, the go sun, home. <laughs> if the sun is up, right, and you're in a bar, yeah, okay. And now I know I'm like trying to give some manners and civility around my hallowed bars, <laughs> but come on, man, you're gonna look like an absolute fucking nightmare. Yeah. All right. Well, so, goodness. so you've got. So you had. You had. You had one. You had another story. Oh right? yeah, no. So this was a more recent one, and this one was. Um, so there was a group that did a reservation, and it just so happens that they um, were celebrating Carnival. So sure. For those who don't know, Carnival is obviously like the big, uh, the big celebration before Ash Wednesday, and in this case. Uh, most of the people who were participating in the celebration were um, uh, of Brazilian descent. Yep. And so they had a, you know, they had a pretty good bar deal where, the, you know, they were getting, like, not necessarily discounted drinks, but they were getting, like, an, uh, an extended happy hour or whatever. And it was fine. They had a really good turnout. They had good music, whatever. But I have never worked a shift in which people were so aggressively nasty and so aggressively abrasive. To you? To me, and to the point where, you know, again, I'm trying to serve, because, again, two hands, and, of course, it's hard to serve people when you ha- when their accents are really thick because you have to understand what they're trying to say. Sure. And the thing is, like, they were so desperate for drinks that they kept wanting to grab me, and like, <gasps> that's one of the th- that's one of my, I will say my, my biggest pet peeve is bar is short for barrier. It's a barrier. We have the space behind. You don't have to grab us to get our attention. The, I would say the things that bartenders are good at is vision. We can see everything pretty sure. well. Little nods or just like a tip or something is. Big enough indication that, okay, you want to drink. And in this case, if the entire bar is full, the assumption is everyone wants a drink. We're not saying, oh, yeah, it's so slow. Like, we're not going to do anything. No. If it's a full bar, three people deep, we assume everyone is going to want a drink. And we're trying to do it as fast as we can. Right. And so, again, people are ordering. But then they're also, like, kind of hamstringing themselves because, again, another pet peeve of mine, and this is something that most people – 
I hope we'll learn or get from this is when you go to the bar and especially when it's busy, just be ready to order. If you take a second and say, um, or turn around and say, so what do you want? No, it's don't. What's so let me ask you then. Yeah. Just, uh, so let's say you, uh, you go up to the bar, right? Yeah. And you say, what do you want to drink? Do you, do you give, would do you give any sort of. Like, is there any gap in between that? Should you fire it off, or will you take well, here's the an thing. um or uh, like... So so my advice to people, anytime you go to a bar, whether it's slow or whether it's busy, is if you can find a drink menu, grab it, study it for a second, really assess what the bar has to offer. If they have a board that has, like, either a draft list or a cocktail list or whatever, take your time. No one has a gun to your head and says, you need to order the drink as soon as you walk in. There's no rush. You have plenty of time. You got to shift. You got to. Yeah, I'm, I'm you have plenty night. of time to assess a drink. And again, it's not like you're getting married. So if you mess up, it's not like this drink is the drink that you're going to have for the rest of your life. So my advice is to everyone is take your time, get a, a, a lay of the land. Because every bar, for the most part, is the same. But there are some products that some places have that others don't. So just get the lay of the land, understand what it is that you want. And if you already have a drink that you want, okay, cool. Order for yourself. But if you're ordering for a group of people, my advice is get one card, start a tap on that one card, and then figure out how you guys want to divide that after the fact. Otherwise, if your friends can't decide, oh, I don't, I'm not sure, just go up to the bar with your own credit card, start your own tab, let your friends worry about whatever it is that they're going to do because you are just making it more difficult or you're trying to impose your decisions on the bartender, and that's not their job. Their job is to get you your drinks in a timely manner so that you can enjoy the rest of your weekend. But they're yeah. not there to coddle you, to make the decisions for you. They can offer recommendations, which, again, assessing the situation, if it's super busy, not the best time to be asking for recommendations. But if it's, you know, relatively slow and there's not much going on and you want to have a little chit-chat with the bartender, then, yes, I would highly suggest doing that. But, again, observe your surroundings and make the best uh, assumption that you can possibly can do. So in this case, with the the situation I, or yeah. the shift I was working at, I'm wondering about these grabby. Everybody was just shit, like man. not. They were not on the same page. They kept ordering on the fly or like changing. The, or that was the other thing that kept that messed me up. They kept changing their minds as I'm doing the drink. So it's like, <gasps> dude, you're slowing me down. No way. And then on top of that, then people were yelling at me because I wasn't going fast enough. They're like, why are you taking so long? Like I'm next, and it's like, well. Here's the thing. If your friends can figure out how to order, I can get I can pump out drinks quickly. Like yeah. volume is not is never an issue. It's a matter of again, the information you're giving to me, I'm trying to do the best to understand that information and you keep moving the goalposts. So how am I supposed to score if you keep moving the goalposts? If ever, yeah, I just... And then being compatible with the bartender, you're actually slowing me down even more because now I have to answer to you <laughs> when in fact I should be focusing on pumping out all these drinks so everyone can have a drink and leave me alone at least for five minutes god damn and so i will say at one point and this i've i as i told this story to many people since it's happened i'm actually surprised that i did this but it got to the point where um and it was mostly these girls were like really being aggressive and like really trying to argue with me that i stopped working i i literally leaned against the bar crossed my arms (laughs) and i said and I, and I literally said, I was like, well, guys, if these, you know, if this group wants to keep, keep arguing with me, then I'm not going to work. And I pointed over to the rest of the rest of the people who were literally waiting for drinks. And I'm like, you can you can thank your fellow your fellow customers 
They keep arguing with me, not letting me do my job. So you can thank them. I am actually not going to serve anybody a single drink until they apologize right now. And I, yeah. that's it. I literally lean back, cross my arms, and I'm like, I'm not doing anything because you guys are just being super, like, insane oh. right now. I'm just trying to do my job. You see that I'm, I'm busting my ass. I'm not here scratching my balls. I'm not, like, being laxic days ago. I'm actually doing the best that I can possibly do. And you guys are being combative. You're jumping down my throat, and you're getting even more aggressive. And it's like, guys, seriously? This I've – and, I, you know what? I will tell listeners here. I've known Andreas for over a decade, right? Never have I ever seen him like I've only seen you deny people who didn't have ID. Yeah, I've never seen you get past the threshold of like you know what, we're not doing this at all. <laughs> <laughs> we so to I man I'm yeah. in, envisioning the level like just how repulsive these yeah. people had to have been for this to get to that point. So and I will say the kicker on all this is to everyone who who was who was there that night. Um, Everyone who was a very apologetic. I am not sorry. The people who, no, the people who were apologetic were the ones who were not doing anything at all. They were apologizing for the for the shitty behavior that everyone else was doing. And I and friends. I would reiterate to them, you don't have to apologize. You haven't done anything wrong. The people who should be apologizing are not Arms. doing that right now. Arms so I'm like, I appreciate the apology, but it's not necessary because you're not doing anything wrong. Because if you are a decent person, and when you go out, and of course, I I fully understand that. Going to a bar, going to a restaurant, it's an experience. You have extra you ex- have extra money that you would like to spend. You want to have a good time. Of course, I would like to provide that good time for everybody. But I think that there's a, there's a level of respect. And again, it's all about you earn the respect that you're given. And so if I'm not being nasty to you, there's no reason for you to be so aggressive and so disgusting towards me when I'm actually trying to help you out. And in this case, it was like everyone who was apologizing and being super nice, I really appreciate it, but had no reason to do that because it's like, no, you guys are fine. You guys are good. The ones who should be apologizing are the ones that are acting like a fool. And, and And the thing is, it was not even specific to like one group in particular. It was guys and girls alike were just as disgusting through the board. And it was just, oh. and it, it was baffling because, again, I've done this. Close to, because um, Jim, you've known me for ten, so but I've been doing, I've been in the service industry close to fifteen years now, right? And it's like, and again, I've worked my fair share of like, you know, insane parties, you know, quiet parties. I've I've worked at a bar when it was dead for three hours, four hours, like where I made no money and stuff, and it's like, oh man, I don't know what I'm gonna do tonight, right? So I've I've run through the gamut. I've gone through the highest of highs, the lows of lows, and this was definitely the, the most lo- memorably. Awful shift where I've just never seen such vitriol. And I would say the closest thing to this was the New Year's Eve after the financial crisis of 2008. So uh, 2008 going into 2009, that was probably the second worst shift I've ever worked. And this was at the time I was barbacking. But it was like people were just so awful to the point that you question, why are we even alive? Humanity, yeah. why are we still here? Like, you guys are so disgusting. Why what are, are we, we doing even, here? like, what are we doing here? Um, but it was just, Oof. it was insane, man. Insane. I've never, ever, ever. And again, I've, you know, worked my fair share of shifts. And it was just, like, even, like, the the, the energy that I gave off, like, in the sense of after the fact. Like, I, I was very apologetic to the people that I, I worked with that night because I felt like I was being an asshole. But it was just like, dude, it was just not necessary. Like, 
the volume wasn't a problem. And that was the one thing that people kept asking me. They're like, oh, my God, you're so overwhelmed. Like, you can't, like, you know, it, it, I'm so sorry that you have to deal with this amount of people. And it's like. No, I, it's the people, not yeah, the amount. Exactly. The people. And that was exactly what I said. I'm like, no, no, the amount of people is fine. I can deal with this. It's just that the way people are acting right now is just not necessary whatsoever. I'm not the enemy. I'm your friend. I'm trying to help you out. I'm trying I'm trying to make this real for you. Exactly. God so, damn. yeah, man, well, but. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you had a shift drink after that. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, didn't, I actually did not. But oh, still, it was just I, I, the other uh, good thing for bartenders is therapy. Yeah. If you're a bartender listening to this and you have not done therapy, I highly suggest you do it because it will prevent you from murdering people straight God. up. Jesus. My God. But, well, yeah. that is, uh, I would say that is probably the uh, a nice bookend to yes. our to the life and times of Andreas here. God damn, that's yeah. crazy, dude. Well, all right. So we're going to get into our next segment, which is our uh, five questions all right. uh, for our guests. So we have five questions for our bartenders. And these are just questions to kind of get to know who you are and what you look at the world through, right? What lens you look at the world through. Okay. All right. So first question. What is a myth people have about being a bartender? Um, I'd probably say two things, which is, as, as a male bartender, it would be you get a lot of ladies, and you must make a shit ton of money. And I would probably say it's 50-50 on both of those, where it's like, it's not necessarily true, but it's not necessarily false. False either. Like, yeah, you definitely get, I mean, you can definitely find and see a lot of beautiful women, or if you're a female bartender, see a lot of beautiful men. But then you also are turned off by, by a lot of those people because they're just disgusting. Well, um, I would I would think, you know, within reason, of course, like, you know, you're just seeing people... Also, you're just seeing these people being drunk, right? Yes, progressively like, being wanna... sober and then seeing them get wicked wasted by the end of the night. And you're like, like yeah, no. Super hot. Yeah. <laughs> um, and in the case of, like, making cash, it's like... Honestly, again, you can make a boatload of money in a short amount of time one night, but the next night it might be dead. <laughs> or there might be, you know, something happen or I don't know, like it's a it's a volatile market. So it can be great and it could be really crappy. So you just go if your average is good, we you know, that's what you want to go yeah. with. But yeah, in Got terms it. of like boatloads of money, yeah, I uh, I wish it would be like that all the time. <laughs> well, that brings us to our next question, which is what is the biggest tip you've ever received? Um cash or Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh Hmm. I'd probably say maybe like four. I think it was like maybe four hundred. Oh yeah, I think it was like four or five hundred dollars one night. God damn. Um, yeah, and I remember because I it just so happens I worked a shift by myself uh, of a party, and like the person was like so impressed with my work ethic and just like taking care of it. They're like, you know what? In cash, they just gave me like five hundos. I was like. Nice. Wow. So I ended up just saving it. And I remember I think I, I used it on like uh, two vacations that I went on and stuff, which was God actually damn, really nice. That's so. great, man. Yeah. So, you know, that uh, hard work pays, right? Yeah. All right. Question three. And I feel like you have uh, – we, we have touched on this in some capacity uh, over this hour. But uh, what is your – and I'm, gonna, I'm only going to give you one. Okay. Right? What is your single pet peeve of a customer? You only get one. Okay. One – I think it would have to be, out of all the things I've probably mentioned in this episode, but specifically, I'd probably say ordering and going to the bathroom. Ordering and going to the bathroom? Yes. Interesting. Yes. Only because your drink is now sitting there. And it's like, you know what? If you had gone to the bathroom and then ordered, I can just give you your drink right away. But when you order and walk away, 
and in this case, go to the bathroom or just. It's like, dude, I'm not like. Sorry, I mean, unless I'm your server, that's that's a that's different, different. That's right. different. But as a bartender, it's like I'm not chasing you down for this drink that you just ordered. So it's just and also transactionally, here. like, how does that? Anyway. Yeah. So understandable. All right. Question four: If you owned your own bar, okay, what would you name it? What would I, what would I name it? Oh, yeah. Fudge. What would be the name of your bar? Um, it was funny because I remember uh, when I watched the movie Cocktail. Cocktail was it? It was Cocktails and Dreams was the name of the bar. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. like, you know, that's actually not a bad name for a place. Um, I don't know. It'd probably be something like, like right off the head, something funny. So it would be like maybe like Razor or I don't know, something <laughs> like, like something something that sounds Razor. like it's, it's moving even though it's not. So like just something in like a, an adjective, some sort of adjective for sure. But I don't know, like. I like razor. Yeah, <laughs> but razors. you have to, you have to say yeah, let's it like go to that. razors. You have to say it like that. Bro. Yeah, if you go, let's go to razors. Uh-uh. Yeah. I want to hear razors. razors. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. So fucking funny. So yeah, so if you see a place <laughs> called razors, that's probably that's probably my place. Yeah, and head on in. Uh, <laughs> Careful, right. don't get cut at razors. <laughs> <laughs> that shit cracks me up, man. All right, so final question, right? What is your favorite drink to have? Um, what's your what's your weapon of choice? Okay, so I would probably say I'm gonna go through a gamut. So it depends on my mood. Right now, I'm on a tequila kick. So anything okay. tequila based, usually even tequila neat, I can do that. Um, summertime tends to be a light beer, just because I like to have more than one. Um, and then occasionally, I'll do a hot drink if it's really cold outside. So maybe like a hot toddy or a mulled wine. Or um, or even like a like a spiked cider and stuff like a hot spiked cider, um, or just some sort of hot beverage. I can definitely I can definitely do in the winter time. But for the most part, tequila, tequila. Yeah, tequila is the, the easiest way to my heart. So there you go. It's not through his stomach. It's through his tequila, folks. <laughs> so all right, that is our uh, questions for our guests. Yes, thank you. Very insightful. Uh, we are now going to get into my personal favorite uh, segment of the show, which is what were you drinking? Okay. Now, this is the part of the show where I dig through my Facebook timeline oh my God. and I find some of the most messiest posts that exist. Right. And believe me, uh, I have access to this. Okay. This maybe speaks to my character as to why I know these people. <laughs> it's the algorithm, Jim. It's the it's, algorithm. It's totally the algorithm. <laughs> I don't have to do any deep dives or anything. It is definitely the algorithm. Right. So. All right. Now, I have my post ready. Now, here's my question to you before I... Oh, well, so I dig through, find this messiest post. I'm going to read it to you, and you as a bartender who have seen people drink for so long and seen people in all sorts of different types of uh, drunken behavior need to tell me, (laughs) excuse me, what do you think they were drinking? Okay. Okay? Okay. All right. So... Now here's uh, before I before we get into this, do you want to know the uh, uh, the presented gender of this person? Do you um, think like that would have an impact, or do you want to go completely blind? I'll go completely blind, but okay. if you can tell me where this person is from, as in like if they're from New York when they post this, oh, Florida or something. I don't. I don't have like, okay. I don't oh, have man, a region. Okay. Um, okay, because I, I was going to say region can also affect my answer too. That's, yeah, that that could that could play. Okay, all right, into it. how about this? Give me the time in which they posted this. I can do that. Okay. I can give you a time. All okay. right. So, uh, this post uh, happened at six twenty four p.m. Okay. Okay, and says the following: <clears throat> Friday, thirty two weeks of probation down. Props to myself. Hair toss. Checking my nails. 
which I guess ty- made well, me not tell the gender. You know, no, nah, yeah, right? yeah. So I'll read it again. Okay, thirty-two weeks. Of Friday, thirty-two weeks of probation down. Props to myself. Hair toss, checking my nails. How many exclamation points after Friday? Two. Ah, uh-huh. Friday spelled correctly or with a T or uh, two two D's. Uh, it is Friday. Everything is um, grammatically correct. Okay. Yes. Two exclamation points. Thirty-two weeks of probation. I wonder what crime they committed that they had to do thirty-two weeks. I would probably well, that's say, 32 weeks down. Who knows okay. how much more we have left. Okay. I would probably say, and I don't know why I'm th- the first thing that I thought of, and this is really fucked up that I'm thinking this, but the drink of choice, Rikers Island. <laughs> do, you, do you know what that is? I don't know what that okay, is. Okay. So, and this goes back to the, we have a recurring theme here. So Rikers Island is basically a Long Island iced tea. Okay. But instead of Coke, Coca-Cola that gives it its nice color, we top it off with the delicious cognac of Hennessy <gasps> on top of this Long Island. A Hennessy floater? Yes. Good Lord. So if they've done, if they're proud of themselves and they've already completed 32 weeks of probation, they're, they're I see drinking. a Rikers Island they, in their future. They or, they've, or they're going to, they either had a Rikers Island or they're looking forward to their Rikers Island at the end, at well, the, they at are, the end of that They may Friday. end up on Rikers Island if they are drinking and fuck. God damn, that's a yeah. lot of alcohol. Oh, man, yes. That will fucking put you... Uh, underneath the earth. Um, So, all right. That is our, uh, (laughs) what were you drinking? Uh, Again, Friday, 32 weeks of probation down. Hair, uh, uh, hair toss, checking my nails. Okay. Yep. Rikers Uh, Island. (laughs) So, Rikers Island, folks. That's what it was. Uh, So, all right. That is, uh, so that is our show. Uh, You know, uh, Andreas, I want to thank you so much for coming through and uh, finally uh, getting you on the show. I appreciate you uh, sharing your stories. Yeah, definitely. They're fucking nuts. Um, I always marvel at every sort of just human interaction that bartenders see uh, on this crazy fucking road, man. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, before we get out of here, um, is there anything you want to uh, plug before we go? Um, no, right. the, I would probably say the only thing right now is uh, Census 2020. Make sure to get counted. Fill those census forms out. They should be coming out uh, hopefully soon. Um, but if not, if you have not filled them out, please fill them out. Super important. Census 2020. Census 2020. Get in there. Um, all right, then, folks. Uh, you know what? Again, we got another one uh, other one out there in the streets for you. Uh, we want to appreciate all y'all for listening. And, of course, you want to get in touch with the show, you can do that. Openbartalk at gmail.com. You know, if you want to find our show, uh, we're on all the uh, platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. And rate, review. Uh, you know, give five stars. Tell us uh, how wonderful these stories are. And, you know what? Look, uh, going back to the email, if you have some crazy stories, email them in. You might get them read uh, on the next one. Who knows? You know, I may be uh, feeling crazy about it. Uh, but if you want to find me, I'm at Jim Search on all social media. Uh, you can go to JimSearchComedy.com uh, to get a hold of me there. I appreciate uh, everybody for tuning in. And again, uh, Andreas, thank you so much no, thank uh, for you. being part of this. And, uh, you know, I make sure you put our water between each drink, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. <laughs>